This is Unclaimed Bands, show 168. Hey, listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and uh, joining me tonight is Whiskey and Rye. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Uh, hey, hi, guys. My pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, I want to thank you guys for taking time to, uh, you know, submit through Reverb Nation. It's uh, the only way we get to hear um, a lot of bands that uh, maybe not... Maybe not be in our area, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I'll tell you what, can you guys go and just introduce yourselves and tell us uh, what you do in the band? Uh, well, my name is Philip. I play uh, guitars and, and, and sing. I, I, Mark, my name, I play keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Carson, I play drums. I'm Josh, and I play lead guitar. Uh, cool. Well, I'll tell you what, before we get into the whole interview and everything, why don't we uh, listen to one of the songs? Uh, what, what do we want to let people hear first? Uh, why don't we give uh, Blood in the Water a shot? All right, sweet. All right, this is Blood in the Water by Whiskey and Rye. So 
right? That was Blood in the Water. Guys, tell us uh, a little bit about that song. Well, uh, Blood in the Water is a newer tune for us. It's it's coming out on this next record that we're releasing here this fall. Um, Alex on bass really kind of uh, takes over the rest of the tune, and, and Carson follows as he normally does. <laughs> Cool, cool. And that, now that's on a new record you guys are working on for right now? Is that going to be uh, That's actually one we just finished up last week. Um, and it'll be, yeah, we'll be actually releasing it here this fall. Uh, in the meantime, we're trying to do all the things that bands are supposed to do when they release a record. <laughs> <laughs> Getting press and all that kind of fun stuff. Now, is it going to be a full record or is it just an EP? Yep, it's a second full length. Nice, nice. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more of that uh, down the road. Um, so tell me, how did uh, how did Whiskey and Rye start? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, so we started here a couple of years ago. Um, uh, we already had some material to work with, and yeah, actually came together pretty fast. We started touring pretty quickly, and um, yeah, we're really excited. We have a great lineup, and we're touring even more now than we were, so it just keeps getting better and better. So with, with touring, since you, you mentioned that you're doing it quite a bit, which is great, um, any, any pitfalls to touring? Any, any uh, nice things about touring you like? This is for each one of you, by the way. Uh, great, great question. I think uh, you know, touring is uh, expensive. <laughs> um, and it's really great in the sense that you really get to get outside in the market and meet new people, meet new fans, and, and see how the music uh, plays in, in different places, but, um, you know, it does mean we have to like hang out with each other and sit next to each other in a very small place and <laughs> sleep on couches and whatever, uh, whatever else that entails. So, um, yeah. Any of the other guys, Marco, Carson? Uh, I don't know. Phil kind of explained it pretty well. I mean, uh, my experience touring was really with whiskey and rye, um, last summer and, uh, basically cover most of it, you know, play to different audiences that you don't really know. Um, it can be a challenge. It's, it's good fun. Yeah. Now, you yeah, mentioned so about... Far, a few... Every concert that we had it was very fun. Um, diverse audience. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's always good to go out and meet new people and spread the music and all that. Now, you mentioned about, uh, Phil, about it being expensive, and obviously touring is. But I think it's a little bit more expensive for one of you, isn't it, with a lot of Taco Bell trips? <laughs> Josh, I might have asked you here, man. Can, can you give us a little details on that? I, I want to hear it from you. <laughs> hey, well, you know, Taco Bell is always delicious. And, you know, the Taco Bell hot sauce is pretty much the only thing that makes that stuff good. So, But, you know, like, aside from Taco Bell, touring is pretty great. It's just... It, it is expensive. It's a lot of it's a lot of you know food and travel. It's just what it is. But it's what you love to do if you're a musician, and it's what you always dream of doing. Hopefully, you know someday is traveling around and spreading what you what comes from your own heart. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I like your spin on that, Josh. But I think you're leaving part of the story out. It's probably a little bit more expensive, but cheaper to Taco Bell than it is to go to the emergency room with food poisoning, right? <laughs> come Please. on, come clean. Please. Don't let me drag Tell it out. Me about... All right, all right, all right, all right. Might have, might have suffered a couple of a couple of harsh nights from food poisoning, but it was never from Taco Bell. All right? Leave Taco Bell out of this. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, no, Taco Bell saved your bacon, I think. <laughs> all right. 
I would gladly be sponsored by Taco Bell any day. <laughs> I would wear, I would wear Taco Bell hot sauce packet. <laughs> well, Taco Bell, if you're listening out there, I think you've got a band that you can sponsor, and they're, they're going to get it behind you. Not to mention it saves people from food poisoning. God damn, you can't ask for a better uh, better thing than that. Yeah, truth be told, Josh can't uh, afford his own cooking because uh, uh, it's too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe it'd just be cheaper to get him some cooking lessons or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, I, know to, I, know to, I know how to make quesadillas, you know, the bare essentials. <laughs> All you really need is cheese and tortillas nowadays. <laughs> Everything else is going to kill you. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Um, can you guys talk a little bit about... Um, we'll get back onto the actual topic of the band now and stop picking on Josh. Uh, can you guys talk a little bit about your influences, each one of you, and, and, and how you got to be where you are now? Oh, uh, this is Alex. Um, I, uh, I would say I'm actually heavily influenced by, by Zappa and his... Uh, multitude of sounds and uh just awesome players okay i think carson and marco actually have really similar influences yeah we're both uh inspired by the beatles um yeah totally totally yeah mccartney fans yes Um, marco what about you every artist well Uh, i'm sorry i think yeah uh, go ahead go ahead you're saying contemporary artists Oh, uh, yeah. Contemporary artists, um, you know, like Black Keys and um, Arctic Monkeys, those guys. That kind of music's good. Um, that inspires me. Probably classic rock. Um, yeah, maybe the Beatles. Yeah. Can't go wrong there. Oh, man. It's not a good band. I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan is up there with the greatest. And all those, all those guys like that, Stevie King. Our team, uh, freaking Eric Clapton just turned 70, like, two days ago, wow. But, I can it. It's always good. <laughs> <laughs> now, Marco, what about you? Um, I like a lot of different stuff. I, I come from a classical background, but I always play rock and jazz, uh, and uh, I'm also... Uh, interest in uh, electronic music, uh, so I, I I really like to listen to everything I can. Um, and uh, my my father was uh, he has a huge collection of um, vinyls and uh, CDs. So I he's the one who um, passed his music passion to me, and uh, that's how I got in, in uh, connected to American rock band. Uh, and British rock bands, so yeah, I think that that's one of the beauty of this band that is everybody has pretty diverse tastes in music, and uh, that comes out in how we play. Cool. I was gonna say, uh, with that accent, are you from like South Seattle uh, or something like that? <laughs> Where are you from? Yeah, <laughs> I'm from Italy. From Italy, okay. Yeah. Well, I, the, the question begs. How, uh, I'm glad to have you here, but how did you end up in Seattle, and uh, how did you guys find find Marco? Uh, I don't know. Do you, Philip? Do you want to answer? Yeah, sure. So we actually found Marco through a mutual friend. Um, 
he said, hey, I know this this killer uh, keyboard player. He has kind of an attitude problem, but he's really good. So you want to check him out. <laughs> kind of a jerk, but... <laughs> nice, nice. Um, you know, this, this is another question for each one of you guys. Um, if you could play any venue in the world that you haven't already played, which one would it be and why? Um, I believe Stadium, maybe. Yeah, I agree. A stadium. Safeco Field, sold out. Okay. <laughs> a good one. Wembley, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, never mind. I thought we were talking about around here. Oh, around yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, never mind. Wembley. Wembley Stadium, sold out. Truth be told, Sean, we'd probably play either of those if they asked us. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be like, well, you know... <laughs> I don't know if it's big enough. <laughs> um, you know, Phil. One of the things we left out was uh, your your background musically. You, you didn't uh, you didn't interject there, so I'm gonna come back around to you. Yeah, um, I grew up actually DJing around Seattle, um, both kind of at uh, at clubs and bars, as well as, as weddings and things. My dad owned a company, and so you know, I grew up playing everything from kind of underground electronica to playing YMCA um, <laughs> on a regular basis. Um, so I think I really, my ears developed um, really in conversation with popular music, but also in conversation with, you know, a real sense of, of rhythm, a real sense of how move it can, music can physically and emotionally move you. I mean, some of the times I've been playing clubs, um, you know, the speakers were bigger than I was, and it would move you <laughs> if you were too close. Um, and so I really, I think in in my writing, I really try to bring out the fact that music is a very spatial thing for me. Um, I certainly hear it, but I, I very much in a physical way feel it, too, and, uh, and so that's been very important. So, yeah, I think, you know, I, I certainly share a lot of influences with the guys in the band. I'm more of a Lennon guy than a McCartney guy, but... Uh, you know, we can have that argument later. Um, <laughs> no, so I really come from that place. I, I did spend some time in New York in which I was really left without a guitar and only had a piano at my disposal. And so, you know, that really uh, was a time where I spent a lot of time with Elton John and Billy Joel and, and kind of uh, that that style of, of popular music. And that was really formative for me. Now, I, I was going to ask, is when it comes to the uh, writing of songs and all that, where do you guys draw inspiration from? How does the writing process work for, for you as a band? You know, I think we're still exploring that quite a lot, actually. Uh, I can let the other guys speak, too, but I really think, um, in fact, right now we're right in the process of kind of a pre-production writing session for some new material, and it works however it works. Uh, usually I'll bring in something, and... Um, the guys will start to interpret it and embellish it and morph it, and, and uh, the end result tends to be pretty interesting. <laughs> now, with the new record that you're you're working on, we are already heard one track that's going to be on it. How does that, uh, has the approach changed in any way to the new record as it was from the previous one? And if so, how? I think certainly, yeah, I think certainly it has... Um, I think it's probably heading in more of a, I guess more of a modern rock direction, but we haven't lost those influences of bluegrass and folk and, and all those things. So you might hear a harmonica right next to a very, very distorted bass. 
um, you know, I guess we just heard that in Blood in the Water. Uh, we have yeah. harmonica all over this this project. We have banjo in this project. We have fiddle in this project, and we also have you know twelve tracks of electric guitar. So <laughs> it does all those things. Cool, cool. Um, well, tell you what, why don't we uh, take a pause, guys, here for another song? Uh, what are we going to let people hear this time? Uh, why don't we have a spin of uh, Six Soul Summertime? This is going to be the third track off the next record. All right, this is Six Soul Summertime. i 
All right, that was Six Soul Summertime. My guests are Whiskey and Rye. I got to ask about that title. I love it. Um, yeah, tell me about this song. Yeah, this was a song that actually grew up. Um, Marco remembers probably the very first session we started playing with the song. It actually grew up as a much faster tune um, and gradually got slower and heavier and slower and heavier. Oh, really? Um, but uh, but certainly lyrically that that fit lyrically you know emotionally what it's doing is exploring that place of uh, of being completely consumed by something or someone and not having any control over it. <laughs> so um, you know so I remember I was reading some things about Zeppelin when they were producing and they would actually often slow down their music to give it a heavier sound um, and we kind of did that with this song the the. Live recording was, you know, live and it wasn't slowed down, but the vocals were originally tracked 20 beats per minute faster. And, uh, and then we slowed it down to the beats per minute we, we set on with the live band. So the vocal is, you know, almost has a certain reverse effect going on with it. That's interesting. That's really kind of cool. Yeah. I think yeah. it definitely works for the song. I mean, at, without a doubt. Hey, um... Because of, because we've listened to the two songs already, what's the best place for people to uh, keep in touch with you guys and stuff like that? Yeah, great question. Facebook's good. Uh, website's good. We're in all the usual places. Our website is whiskey, the letter N, rye.com. Um, yeah, we have a newsletter, but we don't uh, we don't pound you with it, so it's, it's certainly safe to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> don't need any more spam here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, now this this is also for each one of you guys. Um, with uh, with all the touring that you do and everything, what's the what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you uh, while on tour? And we're gonna leave the food poisoning alone, okay? <laughs> well, that's just the standard staple. Um, you know, I think we probably all have our own tour stories. Uh, my goodness, uh, Marco, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I guess being able to smoke legally. Kind of news to me. <laughs> well, I got one story. There's a time that me and my buddies were, through, were rolling through a town and we saw this free TV on the side of the road. And uh, it was a big screen TV, like those old ones that were just like super heavy and big entertainment systems with a. Uh, with like huge speakers on the bottom, stuff was on wheels. We just had free TV on it, so we started rolling it down this road, and it was like midnight, one or two, and uh, we saw some cars coming up to us. So we're like, "Oh shit, we gotta freaking dump this freaking TV!" And we're right by this big old, uh, this big old fence, and so all four of me, and my friends that were in my band at the time, lift up this thing from the bottom and just huck it over this fence, and it just goes smash like all over this person's yard. I imagine I felt so bad. Yeah, little vandalism. Nice. <laughs> and I can absolutely provide you a job email address and if that person is out <laughs> No, we've we've had some weird stories. I mean the thing about touring is you always end up finishing the show after midnight and uh you know, bad stuff happens after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a good way to put it, very succinctly and clearly. Bad stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> Especially to this band. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, 
What do you think? Uh, yeah, I wanted to. The other thing I wanted to ask you guys about was um, when you're not, when you guys aren't playing, and you're not, you know, out touring and everything else like that. What do you, what do you like, what do you guys like to do on your downtime? Carson, what do you do on your downtime? Is this appropriate for, uh, yeah, radio? Uh, maybe. It's it's well, uncensored, uh, so. You know, I like to watch soccer, um, play video games, uh, go to school, everything else a normal 16-year-old boy does. So, uh, you're the baby of the group, aren't you? Yes, sir. This is Alex. I'm the old man in the group, and uh, I like I like to teach. Actually, I like to teach uh, just as much as I like to play. So that's that's my uh, that's my two love teaching and playing. So I'm uh, lucky enough to be able to do both of those. Marco, what do you do in your spare time? You don't have any spare time. I don't have any spare time. I like cooking. I like eating, sleeping, skydiving, watching movies, and playing video games. In that order. Cool. Well, well, uh, that order, exactly. Well, what I used to do um, before I moved here from Utah was I used to uh, train ho- or train barrel horses for rodeo for rodeo people. I actually rode horses for about 18 years of my life. But uh, nowadays, I just kind of kick back and play guitar all the time and play, you know, play video games on the occasion. But mostly just working on new material for this for this band and. The other couple projects that I uh, associate myself with. Yeah, I think Josh is kind of that, uh, you know, that story of Slash where he really didn't do much but sit in his room and <laughs> he's not playing scales, but he's definitely playing. <laughs> Socialize. Hey, that's okay. Um, and I guess, you know, for my part, I guess I'm still doing the DJ thing, um, which is cool. And, uh, and yeah, just writing a whole bunch. I feel like this is really a season for us to be developing new material, and uh, it's a lot of fun. That's great. That's great. I wish you guys a lot of luck with it. Um, I can't wait for the new record. But I know we have to be patient and wait and everything else like that. So, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Uh, Listen, before we wrap everything up here, is there anything you want to say to your fans out there? Uh, We just wanted to say thank you, I think. We've been really really excited to see fans following us from one town to the next. Um, they've just been tremendously supportive and, and it's really, um, I think every singer's dream certainly to be singing a song at a show and have people singing back the lyrics at you. That's, that's probably as good as it gets. And, and, um, I know for my part, I'm just very, very thankful, uh, about where we are and, and the opportunities we have. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Uh, well, listen, guys. I want to I want to thank you all for taking time to uh, to join me here. Uh, thank you. Really appreciate it. Uh, everybody out there, after you've done this interview, which will be just in a little bit, go out, check out their site, go uh, go get some more of their music, and if you get a chance, go definitely go see the band. That's the best way to uh, to experience music, I think, live and in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? But if you can't, it's okay. You can just sit and listen in your room, but until you can't get out and see them, that's that's my rule of thumb anyway. Um, Guys, I want to thank you. Uh, like I said, once again, my guests have been Whiskey and Rye. Make sure you go check them out, people. Uh, until next time, make sure you uh, check out Unclaimed Bands next time with uh, more great artists and uh, more great music like Whiskey and Rye. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Sean. Cool. Yeah.
The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of unclaimed bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.